Welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a broad range of rock and metal topics and anything in between. I'm your host, Don Sutherland, and with me, as always, my brother and self-proclaimed metalhead, Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? You know, your, your words had malice, but I didn't hear the emotion behind it. Give that with more emotion, Andrew. Let's hear it. What's up, dirtbags? I'm not the uh, cosmic I guess I didn't. I, I guess I didn't I specify which emotion. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, what are we what are we talking about? Today we're talking about Trick or Treat. It's a heavy metal themed movie from 1986. All right, let's get into it. All right, so oh, we're supposed to shotgun. Too late. Are we, <laughs> give me a second here. All right, Andrew, what is what is this movie? So Trick or Treat. From 1986, it stars Mark Price of Family Ties fame. Uh, he plays Eddie Weinbauer. He's an outcast metalhead. That's the who, Michael J. Fox movie, right? Or show? Show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think, am, I, am I right? Okay. Yeah, Mark Price was uh, like a secondary character. He was a, a friend of the family or something. I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. That's way back in the day, but that's where he was uh, known from at the time. How he got this gig. Uh, he was. That's all I know. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this character was a, a little bit out of his wheelhouse. He was cast as an outcast metalhead who idolizes the shock rocker named Sammy Kerr. And uh, during the movie, Eddie's constantly bullied by the group of high school jocks who's led by Tim, played by Doug Savant, who's from like, Melrose Place. If you saw him, you'd probably recognize him, but pretty young back I've then. I've seen jokes about that show in old Archie comics. As you can oh, yeah. tell, I'm, I'm not... You're From dating. the 80s era. Yeah, you're dating <laughs> <just> yourself. Like, <laughs> this is before me. <laughs> so uh, I've heard all these things in passing. Yeah, well, there'll be reference material for you to figure out what we're talking about later. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be quizzes after so I can learn my 80s pop culture. Exactly. So uh, after Sammy dies in a hotel fire, Sammy's the rock star, okay. uh, Eddie, Eddie ends up in possession of Sammy's last recording, which he plays backwards, and it... Uh, somehow summon Sammy from the dead to help Eddie exact his re- <laughs> demonic revenge. It's body time! Rock and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. I've heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I did that by playing the record backwards. And they is you. Sammy Kerr. He's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut This message is meant for me. Sammy Kerr. His fans won't let him die. He won't let them live. So, uh, predictably, things kind of get out of control for Eddie from that point on. Is that... Is that not pretty similar to the plot of The Crow? <laughs> is that... mm, this movie's like 10 years earlier than The Crow, though. So, so The Crow ripped off Halloween. No, no, no. The, the, well, the movie's called Trick or Treat. Or Trick or Treat. That's the same thing. But uh, No, the crow, the crow is slightly... The Crow's different. This is... This movie... Is, yeah. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of rumors back in the, I guess, 70s and 80s and yep. even now where, you know, you play a record backwards and there's hidden messages, subliminal messages. So this was making a... Yeah, there's a, the Beatles one and 
there's other ones. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah, probably yeah. even back to the '60s. It was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the conservatives always had this thing about, you know, demonic stuff in the back oh, yeah. messages and stuff. But afraid uh, of everything. Yeah. Really, this is just a play on that. Working some of the stereotypes they have in metal culture into this movie. So you're saying you're saying the estate of the trick or treat producers didn't have Brandon Lee killed for stealing their their plot line? Uh. At the risk of being sued for libel, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. There we go. Okay, our lawyers um, told us to say that. But the, the the reason I love this movie, like the reason I picked this as our first subject for our podcast, is it just purely based around heavy metal and all these bands from this mid '80s period, and I just I love the just the atmosphere they presented, and you know me being an angst-ridden teenager at the time, I, I just really latched onto it's not like i took it seriously or anything but i just love the imagery and whatnot and and the music was phenomenal but to uh to, to give something that the listeners might know uh gene simmons and ozzy osbourne are both in this movie which was kind of their selling point later on was or even at the time i think was like oh. the big thing was ozzy osbourne and gene simmons are in this movie so they're so it's more of a precursor for what was that stupid movie detroit rock city is it kind of the precursor well, to that, then, except, where they except have a like, horror movie, <laughs> except <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, because Gene, like, they don't play themselves, right? They play, uh, they play characters. Oh, okay, that's a little better. That's a little more palatable. But, but the funny thing is, the, the copy of the DVD of this that I have, I, I don't believe it's the original cover. I, I think it's a, uh, a secondary cover that they released later on, just to use Ozzy and Gene Simmons as their figurehead, kind of, to sell the movie. So, so they, was they this cover- like a? This is a movie with like a Hollywood release and everything. This isn't a straight to TV thing, right? No, I think it actually was in theaters. I, I don't think it did very well wow. at the time. <laughs> really? Well, according to IMDb, it, its budget was about three and a half million, and it only made about six. Three and so, a half million. They made <laughs> double their money. That's a ridiculously small budget, though. Like in yeah, comparison. yeah. Was, I, I mean, oh well, you, when you watch the movie, aside from a little bit of special effects, there's not really a lot going on. You can you can see it. Yeah. But okay. what I was getting at before was. They, uh, it was funny because the cover that I have has like Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne's head right on the cover as if they're the stars of the movie. But when you actually watch the movie, they're only in it for about five minutes each, maybe not even. Those <laughs> <laughs> so, like uh, there's a movie from the I think it's from the 80s or 90s. It's called Bayou Ghost, and it's just it's a terrible, terrible movie. But they have one guy that's in Cool Hand Luke, the Paul Newman movie, mm-hmm. and they put him like right in the cover. And he plays a cop that's in the movie for maybe like 10 minutes. <laughs> and it's like, he's yeah. the only real star we have. But how many movie. people do you think they got to go to the theater just to be horribly disappointed in the first five minutes? They already got their money. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's a big George Kennedy fan, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are some other things in this movie that are I find kind of amusing or relatable. Uh, there's some scenes of Sammy, the, the rock star, who ends up dying and coming back from the dead whatnot. Uh, but there's a scene with him. Spoiler in, alert! If you've yeah. been ramping up to watch Trick or Treat. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, it's pretty explanatory. Like just reading the summary of the movie on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the back of the movie would tell you pretty much exactly what happens in it. But uh, <laughs> the uh, there's a, a scene of Sammy where he's arguing with politicians, and it's very reminiscent of the actual hearings that they had back in the '80s with the PMRC. When oh, that's it was, cool. It was like, uh, like D. Snyder was one of the guys who was in there mm-hmm. talking, and some other. There's a lot of other rock stars when they were trying to crack down on rock music, and not I think yeah, it wasn't just rock music. It was 
anything offensive basically right there's rap and rock. It was tipper tipper gore right she yeah was she was figuring one of, the, that, one of the people in there yeah. Or, or, or uh yeah she was leading the charge on that whole witch hunt there but uh, that was kind of kind of interesting and they, they had a scene with him in that courtroom yelling at politicians and uh yeah it, it just there's a lot of tie-ins with all, all the typical heavy metal and the occult and all that so there's uh, like a dream. actually some good commentary in there then yeah, it, it actually is not as bad of a movie as you would think at first glance. When you actually watch it, there's it's it's fairly well made, and there's a lot of stuff in it that's some good imagery and I don't know a lot of good like heavy metal like culture, you know, stuff. Yeah. Like so, the scene with uh, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons plays like a rock radio DJ who this kid uh, Eddie, the main character, is friends with, and that's where he acquires that record that he ends up playing backwards. So that's where Gene Simmons shows up, and he's literally like in it for, I don't even think it's five minutes. <laughs> Two and, seconds as the DJ? Yeah, he plays Nuke the DJ. And then uh, <laughs> Ozzy's part, ironically, he plays a preacher. That's a sick name, though. Yeah. No, oh, Nuke, yeah. Okay. Ozzy plays a yeah, preacher yeah. who's on, he, he is only on TV, but uh, they've turned on the TV or whatever, and he, Ozzy's going off about how these rock stars need to be stopped and their bad influences and all this stuff. And it's pretty funny because at the time he was like, the poster boy for bad influence and like depravity, you know? So it's like the whole thing is just tongue in cheek. That sounds kind of sweet. Actually. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, that's what it, that kind of stuff really yeah. makes the movie worth watching. Like, it, you know, you watch yeah, that's it, hilarious. It's like I said, it's fairly well made. It's pretty well directed. The acting's passable. Uh, and I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little hesitation before that too and then well, I, I don't want to i don't want to tout it too much you know he's not going to win any <laughs> it, I didn't, it didn't win any academy awards or anything but the uh the actor who played sammy kerr sammy kerr is the uh the rock star who died or whatever uh his name's tony fields or was tony fields and he was a trained dancer who actually appeared in michael jackson's beat it and thriller videos interesting so, yeah so that's huh. kind of kind of weird is that is that kind of like all he did afterwards I I think that would have been before actually, before that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he didn't really do a lot of film work, I think. But he he, oh. did, he did some dancing and stuff. Uh, but he ended up dying at 36 of HIV-related cancer. So he uh, oh wow he burned out pretty early. That's a a very 80s 90s way to go. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, yeah not it, exactly a Courtney Cox going from whatever it was like hit Whitney Houston or something story. Too bad. What's that? What's that? Well, it's not like Courtney Cox, how she was like a, a music video dancer and then went on to, to be the big actress. It's what? She was a dancer? Not quite that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I... she was it. I think it was Whitney Houston. Yeah. Courtney Cox uh, was a, she was at least a backup dancer for one thing. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Dancing in the Dark. That's what she was in? Courtney Cox is in the 1984 music video for Dancing in the Dark. Okay. So not Whitney Houston, but uh, I would say Bruce Springsteen and Whitney Houston are, are pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're the professional yeah. <laughs> rock radio DJ. As as the the I'll local authority on this, mm, <laughs> yes. Uh, whenever Bruce Springsteen comes on the on the playlist, I say, "Now this is reminiscent of Whitney Houston." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was in that. All all I think about when oh. I hear Bruce Springsteen is going to his concert, and just every time he'd shake his butt, all these like fifty year old women would just go nuts. <laughs> That's <God>. awful. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awful, man. <laughs> That's just- Oh, gross. So I, I numbed it with copious amounts of alcohol. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's so nasty. Story of my life. But, oh, uh, man. <laughs> right. Another thing I wanted to mention about the movie before uh, before we get into our workout playlist and the, and the music stuff 
Uh, I guess it's sort of music related, but even though the soundtrack was pretty much one band did the entire soundtrack, so it was basically an album of theirs, but there is other music in the movie. But one of the scenes that really caught me back when I first watched it was when his mom was in his room and she was going through his records, which kind of coincided with our dad going through my CDs back when I was a teenager and being he did that? horrified. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and he read really? the lyrics too. As <laughs> once your dad's read the lyrics to Nine Inch Nails Closer, there's no going back. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or seeing the cover to wow. Cannibal Corpse, Tomb of the Mutilated. Man, so wow, that explains why by the time it got to me, I'm I'm 15 years younger than you. It gets to me, he did not care at all. <laughs> well, man, you could not have topped the stuff that I had. But uh, man, back to the movie though. Um, well, it was all your old stuff, so he was used to it at that point. I had a Cannibal Corpse shirt that I think was our brother Rob's, so Dad didn't really care at that point. Yeah, I think that was the Butcher to Birth one. That's actually not yeah. as offensive. <laughs> Oddly, not as offensive as Tomb of the Mutilated. It's not one of the worst ones there. <laughs> no, no, it's not, not at all. Uh, but, but when his mom was going through the records, uh, I really liked checking out all the, the album covers and the different albums that he had. And going th- watching the movie again now, now that technology is better, I'm not watching it on VHS like I did originally. I can pause it and see what she actually was looking at. The uh, the four records that I could get a glimpse of were a record by a band called Impaler, a band called Exciter, who's actually a Canadian band. They were like a Canadian speed metal band from the 80s. And then and there was Megadeth's first album and a Possessed album, Seven Churches. So those four albums, the Impaler one's the only one I don't have personally. The other three... I've listened to and have, and like they're all pretty solid. But it was just kind of neat. Are, are they really? Are they that controversial, really? Uh, Impaler was one of the the album that Impaler had on there was one of the ones that was on the PMRC list, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was like their claim to fame. Like they aren't that great. They're just kind of like a speed punk <laughs> band. They they they're famous for being hated by uh, they're, people they're, that had their sticks up their asses. I think they were famous for an offensive album cover, or what was deemed to be offensive at the time. So I put on some like some list of offensive albums or something. Yeah, I don't know. That that was just something that I really latched onto back when I first watched that movie. Was his sweet record collection and his stereo setup in that movie. And then uh, it was kind of neat to pick out the individual albums that his mom went through right before the uh, stereo turned and, on. And the whole on time the... you're just like, that happened to me. Oh yeah, going th- yeah. Except uh, in the movie, the stereo turns on on its own and like freaks her out because it's a horror movie but i guess that part probably didn't happen to you and then flip side from you getting your records gone gone through by dad flip to to me listening to like screamo metal band called trivium with mom basically every time we would go and like drive with each other because i have the cd and it's all i put on so hey really warm down thanks thanks for wearing them down Uh, saw, saw trivium live great band they're good, yeah. I've seen them too. And I actually had a Trivium shirt that got ripped in a fight, unfortunately. Oh wow! You know, I, I think Trivium would approve of that. Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, it's in yeah. the spirit, as right? A metal, as a metal band, yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at the at start, <laughs> I thought this movie doesn't sound like anything I would watch, but I'll I'll give you a chance. Honestly, it sounds kind of cool. I don't think that sounds that bad. You know what? Like, I, I'm not gonna talk about movies that i don't want people to watch you know i yeah, I, I legitimately fair enough <laughs> i will try to talk about movies that i legitimately think are w- worth checking out for and whatever that's why, we, we, that's why we won't talk about detroit rock city uh, uh the movie that was basically just a 
hour and a half long ad for the band Kiss. Yeah, but I, have you seen that? Have I, you seen I, it? I do really like Kiss though, so I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> it's like it's. I Good honestly man. don't remember much besides like the mom is the, the, Heath lady from Kingpin, oh, and yeah. it has Edward Furlong from Terminator Two, and it's just about him, trying to get into a Kiss concert. Hey, but full, uh, full disclosure, I have no problem giving Gene Simmons my money. You can just you just have it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, you know he he works hard for it, man. Yep, I'll I'll give it to him there. I was surprised to learn that he doesn't do any drugs or alcohol at all. Yeah, I read that. I about think a we were talking about ago. this before. Yeah, I always I always kind of respect someone who's in the in the business and doesn't do like any of that stuff. Like uh, this is off metal entirely, but there's a rapper called Tyler the Creator, and yeah. he same thing: no drugs, no alcohol, no anything. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Right, well, I'm pretty sure Ace Frehley did all the drugs and alcohol for everyone else. He he made up. He made up for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it all even out. Yeah. So, you can see it in his face now. Ace Frehley's got one of those faces where it's like he has done everything. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, kind of like Ozzy. But that guy can shred, so it's cool. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all right, uh, is that is that it for for trick or treat then? Well, let's uh, let's just hit up the the music at the end here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll move in. We'll move into the workout playlist. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the trouble! Let's put a smile on that face. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. What, uh, what music do you got for us then? Well, so, the, like I was saying before, the soundtrack is essentially an album uh, by a band called Fastway, who is formed at its core by the uh, original guitarist from Motorhead. I, I believe he did the first four or five Motorhead albums before he split with uh, Lemmy. And he, right, and his name is Lemmy, right? Lemmy? The, yeah, the, it's the, the guitarist names. No. And the drummer is Lemmy. They're all just <laughs> different vowels. Lemmy, Lemmy, and Lemmy? No. <laughs> Do I have my information wrong? Your information is 100% wrong. Oh, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, the, the guitarist's name is actually is Fast Eddie Clark. So... Fastway, oh. which I guess fast, the fast part of the name is from his nickname, and I believe the way part is actually from the drummer bass Pete Way. I can't remember his drummer basis, but anyway, that's how the band formed. The Trick or Treat soundtrack was, I believe, it was their th- maybe would it be considered their third or fourth album. So that soundtrack is, like I said, an album, and the songs in the movie are played by like sammy kerr they're they're his songs they're played off as uh, his songs in the movie and even though this album i would say if i was to just listen to it and probably give it a you know a, a rating or, or uh, review it i wouldn't say it's amazing an amazing album but if you watch it in context with the movie and how they play the songs in the scenes of the movie it's actually much more effective like the, the songs actually hit, hit a lot harder like it works really well yeah like if you just listen to the album it'd be like "Ah, that's like passable mid-80s hard rock it's it's nothing to call home about you know it's not terrible but it's not that great but then you watch it in the movie and when you hear the song and then you can picture the scene in the movie that they play the song in for me anyway it makes the songs way better when i put them in that context so it's fair enough yeah no i i get that it's like uh it's kind of like when you're 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 skiing or doing something where you're listening to music and a song you've never heard before comes on and then you kind of attach it to that 
memory, you know, and then it, it mm-hmm. always has like a little more emotion to it when you listen to. Yeah, when you can relate a song yeah. with something, you know, some kind of good memory or something, something that you look favorably upon, it definitely exactly makes that yeah. song have more value, you know. Like I listen to uh, a lot of Arcade Fire when I got really into Minecraft. So whenever I play Minecraft, I think of Arcade Fire and vice versa. So yeah, you know, no, same no, thing. No accounting for taste on this <laughs> podcast, right? That's uh, <laughs> hey, we're not judging. Just, uh, <laughs> no, 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 never. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can judge me off air. Hey, Matt, uh, <laughs> I, I've been listening to an album by a band called Fastway that was made as a movie soundtrack that nobody's ever heard of. So, <laughs> but uh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Even, uh, you know, just, just as an example, so I, I'll probably bring this guy's name up again in our podcast because he's a, a basically a metal critic who's, I've read, I've read a lot of his stuff and he's pretty on top of stuff, but uh, Martin Popoff, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him here, but he wrote a book called The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal that was basically my Bible for probably a couple of years straight that I just, I got so much information out of that and so many uh, hints on what to listen to and I, I I found a lot of good music in that but he goes through a ton of metal albums and rates them and he gave that Fastway album for the soundtrack a 4 out of 10 which is pretty low I'd say he even says they're all pretty pedestrian songs yeah. there's nothing special about them but he also admittedly hadn't seen the movie so like in the review he mentioned that he hadn't change seen the movie. Your, change your perspective yeah. yeah so I can see him giving it a 4 out of 10 without that uh, the movie to relate it to without that context. Mm. So just for me, I would say probably with the movie, I would probably go to more of like a six out of 10, seven out of 10. Like there's a one scene where I think the song is called get tough. And, uh, and all, honestly, like all the songs in this album are actually fairly catchy. Like they're not amazing, but they're all kind of catchy. And, uh, the song called get, get tough. The song plays while there's a chase scene. So like the bullies is remember, uh, karate kid where he, dumps the water on Johnny and then they all chase him out and beat the shit out of him. Oh yeah. It's, it's kind of like that, but he's, so he's in the cafeteria and these, these bullies have just been picking on him, right? This, uh, this one bully and his fr- friends and he goes up to the guy and he's, he dumps spaghetti on his shirt and then he runs away and they're all chasing him. And this song get tough is playing while they're chasing him through the school. And it, it, so it just makes you think of that scene. And one of the, one of the, the things that happens in that scene is one of the bullies, I can't remember what is on the floor, but something gets spilled on the floor. So the one boy is trying to take a corner and he slips and he lands on his ass and he slides through the door and the door opens up to a stairwell and he flies off the stairs. Like, it's so ridiculous, but it's so funny. But just like stuff like that, right? And there's some songs that just shows like the Sammy Kerr guy and he's like preening on stage or something like that, right? Or I don't know. Once you watch the movie, you'll understand. Well, and, and albums for sure have to have to kind of sit for a little bit sometimes for you to fully get them. I, I was just reading last week that like early reviews for The Wall, you know, hmm. one of the kind of de facto best albums ever made, hmm. said it was pretentious and like overproduced. So, yeah. And I mean that's one of my favorite classic albums. So, yeah, it's got to be like everybody's one of their favorites. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, 
Uh, so the album was Fastway, and do they just call it Trick or Treat, or what was the album called? Yeah, it's uh, it's just called the Trick or Treat soundtrack by Fastway. Oh, okay, so the, the playlist is just the just that then. Yeah, my, my workout playlist. I was just going to use the first four songs of the album, but probably so the album's got nine songs. Uh, the seven, yeah. So the first seven songs are, are were made for the movie. The the eighth and ninth song are a song called Heft and a song called If You Could See, and those are two songs from their first two albums from Fastway's first two albums, uh, respectively. And they're probably the best songs on on that album, but because they're technically from their first two albums, I didn't put them on my workout playlist. So okay. the, the songs I will put on the workout playlist would be the song Trick or Treat, same as the title of the movie. The second song is called After Midnight, then Don't Stop the Fight and Stand Up. That's also a song by Eric Clapton. Well, there you go. Don't Stop the Fight? No, After Midnight. Oh, after a minute, yeah, his is probably way better. <laughs> but it's okay. It's completely. It's neither here nor there. But uh, I, I guess there's, there's my what, there's my thing I can add to it. I guess it depends on what type of music you're looking for, right? So well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, probably the song "Stand Up" is more anthemic out of those four songs. So that would probably be the one that would, ironically, stand out the most <laughs> out of those four songs. Yeah, so I mean, anyway, to, to to summarize, to sum it up, I would definitely recommend anybody who is interested in heavy music or heavy metal culture or just like something retro 80s to kind of little satirical, you know, and, and just goofy comedy horror movie, definitely check this movie out. Like I said, when you pair it with the movie, it's the soundtrack's actually pretty solid too. All right. Yeah, well, I'd never heard of it and I will be checking it out for sure. I'm not just saying that for, for this. You've convinced me that this movie is okay, and the playlist is also okay. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope uh, listening to this would convince a few people to check the movie out because it's uh it's definitely worth it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, I don't think there's any news about this. Probably not. Gene <laughs> nope. Simmons hasn't really been doing much. Well, recently he said he was. This is why I know that he doesn't do any drugs or alcohol because he was bragging about it, and he was like, "Step into the ring with me." a 72-year-old man, and I'll show you what this body can do. And I kind of want to put it out there that I can probably beat up Gene Simmons. Mm, yeah, I feel po- like possibly. Yeah, okay. Oh, I was waiting for you to affirm that. Not a tough guy, but uh, Gene Simmons, I'll I'll take that bet. But uh, other than that, I don't think there's much going on. But uh, just, so, just so you know, though, sitting on someone is a legitimate fighting move. It's true. Hey, it's in Billy Madison. Exactly. Yeah, the, the principal sits on the guy and... Yeah. I think he killed someone that way, so it works. Mm-hmm. 
So that is uh, that is it. That is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. Please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please tell a friend. Leave us a star rating. And our show is edited by Ian Sutherland. Andrew does all the research. Rob, our other brother, designed our logo. Our theme song is Stallions of the Highway by Savage Blade. I am the co-host Don Sutherland, or lead host. And I just kind of sit here. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again in two weeks. Later.